Okay, Rabotai, welcome. And we're uh, going to do the Orahaim Kadosh. And we're going to do it in Parashat Tetzaveh, the beautiful piece, right in the beginning of the Parasha. Now, you might have noticed that in the beginning of the Parasha, it starts off with the word Ve'ata Tetzaveh. And actually, that word Ve'ata repeats itself a few times, where God is uh, specifically speaking to Moshe Ve'ata and you. So I want to uh, bring the Orahim Kadosh's idea what he writes in Perek Havchet Pasuk Aleph 28.1. Ve'ata hakrev elecha et aharon achicha ve'et banav itom metoch b'nei Yisrael lechahanoli. So this is the Pasuk where God is charging Moshe to take Aharon and his children and to inaugurate them amongst the people to make them Kohanim. This is officially the moment when Aharon and his children become uh, the high, the priests, the Kohanim. And that's done by Moshe. Orahim Kadosh finds some words in this pasuk that are superfluous and maybe some words that uh, are being used uh, maybe not in the right way. For example, the word ve'ata and you is extra. The pasuk could just say hakrebelecha. Why the extra word ve'ata you should take as if that there's something personal to Moshe regarding the appointment of the Kohanim, that you know only he can do it and nobody else. Ve'ata. Hakrev. Now the word hakrev or Kadosh says usually uh, is used in the connotation of or the context of korbanot. Korbanot is sacrifice. Now, I mean, there's no sacrifice apparent over here. Moshe just has to go to his brother and tell him, congratulations, you and your children are kohanim. Where's the sacrifice? Where's the korban here? And lastly, hakrev elecha, to you. Now, Moshe is not uh, doing anything personal. This has nothing to do with Moshe seemingly. This has to do with the appointment of Kohanim for Klai Yisrael. Moshe is not bringing Aharon to himself. He is bringing Aharon into the uh, fold of Kehuna. So again, that word, Elecha. So Orai Megadosh uh, is going to unravel the words, Ve'ata Hakrev Elecha. And one way he's going to do it, Alpi Pshat, and then another way he's going to do it, Alpi Sod. So let's go according to the Pshat first, then we'll move up to the Sod. I'm going to read his words. So you have to know that initially in the original plan, Kihuna priesthood belonged to Moshe. Moshe was supposed to be everything. He was supposed to be the leader, which he was, and he was supposed to take the role of Kehuna. Now, why did he lose it? If you remember at the snare, the burning bush, there was a, a week-long dialogue, dialogue between Moshe and Borei Olam, and Moshe was... <clears throat> uh, resisting at first to go and take the people out. And that was considered a sin. 
Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, in his uh, mi'un, in his refusal to go and be the leader, where he hesitated for a bit. So the pasuk says, "Vehesiro megivirate keuna." As a punishment, God removed him from the stature of keuna, as it says in the pasuk in Perek Dalit, pasuk Yud Dalit, "Halo Aharon Achicha Halevi." Now, pasuk God refers to Aharon, Moshe's brother, the Levi, Perush Shehaya Levi. Yeah, meaning Aaron, the former Levi. So that's got to be a, a big punishment. Moshe has to feel that. Because we know that the reason why Moshe would want to be a Kohen is not because of the, you know, the glory in it or the, the honor. After all, Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble of all men. But what Moshe Rabbeinu was always interested in is Kirvat Elohim, the vikut, the attachment, the closeness, the spiritual uh, benefits that Keuna has. And because Moshe Rabbeinu uh, desisted for a moment, so therefore that was taken away from him. Now, not easy to take a precious spiritual commodity like Kehuna and to, and to give it over. Now, this is something that Moshe Rabbeinu obviously cherished and something that he definitely wanted and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu nonetheless had to uh, we, as we would say pay the price you know there was a consequence to his actions and therefore God as if he's saying to Moshe you need now to give it up so the Rab writes first of all ve'ata Perush, what is the Be'atan you, Moshe? Lo litzad she'ani metzabecha levad. I don't want you to give the kihuna merely because that I'm telling you to give it. Because obviously you'll do it because God said, but you're not doing it wholeheartedly. Nobody wants to give away this great item. So God says, elagam atam yisad atzmecha. The appointment should be done willingly and out of want. Bring Aharon in your place. That's the Elecha. Hakrev Elecha, which means bring Aharon instead of you. But the way it should be done is with tremendous ratzon, not with a um, with a negative attitude. It has to be done with total will. Why? Because you must accept your punishment. Amazing. This is a sacrifice. For Moshe, this is a great sacrifice that he's giving something of himself that was his initially. And it's a korban, the ultimate sacrifice. Now, when a person gives a sacrifice, we know the rules. It has to be done no willingly. And therefore, because you questioned and you deliberated when I told you to go take the Jewish people out, now you need kapara. <clears throat> and kapara is atonement, is brought through a korban, through a sacrifice. And the sacrifice is, you're not going to take an animal, you're going to take yourself. Sacrifice 
what is yours, what belongs to you, Elecha, what is close to you, Elecha, and it's to your benefit, says the Oriyam HaKadosh. Lekaparatcha, this will be an atonement, Lehakriv et Aharon, Viyiten lo gedulato, En lecha korban gadol mizim. There is no greater sacrifice. So that's, that's the first shot. Moshe, you need this for your tikkun, you need this for your kapara, and therefore, make the korban, do it willingly, that's elechat, for your benefit, you need this, and therefore, you need to give it to Aaron with the right attitude as well. So that's that's the first shot. Great sacrifice. I mean, this, this pasuk over here, you know, wasn't easy for Moshe, obviously, to give this kehuna over, especially somebody that's so, you know, hungry and yearning for all the Kiddushah you can get. So to give over this position, not an easy item. Clearly it was a sacrifice, but it was a necessary sacrifice that Moshe Rabbeinu needed to do in order to rectify uh, the the situation that took place at the snare. Now the Oramikadosh takes the same point and develops it a drop deeper according to the Kabbalah. In the second variation, he's going to explain the word hakrib to mean what we always thought it meant. Bring uh, Aharon close. Hakrib elecha et Aharon. Bring Aharon close. Hakrib elecha. But he explains it like this. He's going to use the word hakrib to mean to bring close. But in this case, he's not going to say necessarily to bring Aharon close. But by bringing Aaron, something else is going to come close and near to Moshe. What is that? Because the Now, small introduction. Just like the human body has 613 parts, bones and limbs, ligaments, so too the neshama is made up of 613 components. These are spiritual components. We want to make it easy, we'll call them lights. And each one of these lights corresponds a mitzvah or a negative commandment, an avera. And when a person commits a sin, it directly impacts that limb or that light that's corresponding it on the neshama. And as a result, what happens is that limb that is part of the neshama, which is connected to the or the upper lights and the upper, uh, uh, um, you know, shekhinah, we'll call it, or, 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 or revelation. Uh, when the sin happens, it causes a, a distancing of those halakim of the neshama. And all of a sudden, that part of the soul is not as close as it used to be. It's almost it's like it's excommunicated. It's put put to the back, and now it doesn't have the same uh, closeness or the proximity that it enjoyed before the sin. So every time that there's a sin, the parts of the neshama that are linked to that sin are put at a distance. He writes, you know, and as a result of when Moshe Rabbeinu was deliberating back at the snare, that was considered a sin. So part of the soul of Moshe became distant. Garam 
ענף אחד מענפי נשמתו משורשה. The root of the soul was put already afar. והנה, ואגם, I'm sorry, ברוך הימים הקדושים, and behold, although, כי ישיר מענישו. That's important. He got his punishment. He got his punishment, but the Olam punished him on the spot. However, until he actually gets the punishment. So leveled the punishment on Moshe. You're not going to be the Kohen. That, that's the punishment right there. But until it happened, until the Kiwana was actually transferred, Moshe's helic of that Neshama was still removed. The helic of the Neshama remains far. When, when it happened, when the transfer of power, of divine power, was given from Moshe to Aharon, the Torah says at that moment, what was far now becomes close again. And that's what it means. And now you, Moshe, Bring yourself, Elecha, your essence. What is the essence of man? His soul. Bring that part of your essence that until this point was far, Haklev Elecha. Bring yourself, bring those parts of you that are the hook, now bring them Karov. What God was trying to tell Moshe was, That's his tikkun. Which is, which is an amazing concept, if you think about it. It means it comes out that when a person uh, goes through a difficult situation like this, we look at it as honest. Right? It's a punishment. But what I'm is saying, it's not a revenge. It's not vengeful or... Uh, 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 coming out of anger or from a bad place. The Onesh actually is the rectification that allows the soul to return to its original position. Now, I might add, when a person uh, returns, we call that Teshuvah. Teshuvah means to return. But where are you returning from? You didn't go anywhere. You're still in the same zip code. Where are you returning from? You're in the same place. No, but spiritually, you're not. Because the soul became distant as a result of the sin, and the teshuvah brings the person back. But it's not enough teshuvah. Which part of the process brings the, the soul back? It seems the yisurim, the affliction. And this was, this was an affliction. Again, go back to the first shot in the Torah, where he says, Moshe brought the ultimate sacrifice. It was a painful exercise for Moshe Rabbeinu to give this to Aaron. He, he knew what he was giving up. So that pain and that Yisurim is actually something that is good. And now the Rahman Kadosh uses this like he does so many times. He creates a, 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 you know, a, a, a principle. He cre- gives us a Yisod and then he plugs in the Yisod which gives it credibility to a, you know, a, a, a passage or a, <clears throat> a statement in the Talmud. So here he brings us to the Gemara in Benachot. Page 54. The Gemara says, 
חייב אדם לברך על הרעה כשם שהוא מברך על הטובה. So, you have to make a blessing. You have to make a blessing on the bad, just as you make a blessing on the good. Now, it doesn't mean you make the same blessing. We know on the good they make shechayanu, on the bad they say, uh, 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 on the good they say, atoba metim o shechayanu, on the bad they say, dayana emet. So what is the Gemara comparing? Keshem kach. Just like you make a barakah on the bad, so too you make a barakah on the good. So the Gemara says, lekabel hara'a besimcha keshem shesameyah betoba. That just like you're happy when you receive the good, so too you should be happy when you receive the bad. Now this Gemara is very hard to understand. I understand why I'm happy when I receive the good, because the good is good. But happy to receive the bad? Who wants bad? Bad is bad. So why is the Gemara saying, well, your attitude has to change. You have to receive the bad like it's good. But Ahmed Kadosh answers, you know what the pshat is? Because the bad actually is good. That's the revelation of this Gemara. You thought only when it it's obviously looks good, that must be, that's the only type of good there is. But there's another type of good that's veiled in Yisurin, in difficulties. And what is the good that comes out of Yisurin? Kirvat Elohim. It brings you closer again. Now, by the way, that's the best good. Guy gets a million bucks. Very happy. But I'm not sure that that brings him, brings him closer to God. That's, that's up to what he does with the money. But when a person goes through Yisurim, that's a real simcha. You know why? Because that's doing something to rectify the avon. And once the Yisurim are accepted, that chalik of the neshama that was rahok, now becomes cut off. Look at the language. It's incredible. I mean, we don't want to be tested, but you know, a, a good perspective when it comes to looking at Yisurin of affliction. I mean, who doesn't get affliction? And he's telling you over here that affliction serves a purpose. It doesn't to beat up the guy and punish him. Actually, affliction is a magnet. It brings a person closer and his soul, which yearns to Go back to its origins, to its shortish. You know what the Orah Kadosh says? Take it from a tzaddik. They know this better than anybody. There's nothing more bad or bitter There's nothing more tragic than a tzaddikim, or for that matter, to any person's soul, when it's, when it's removed, when it's banished. And there's nothing greater when it returns. If that's the case, the one that, that knows this, he'll be happy. So therefore, just like when something good happens, you're happy because you're getting something, you're getting something good. When a person goes through Yisurim, he has to also be besimcha. Although he makes a different blessing, but he has to be happy. Why? Because you're also getting something. And the Hadush of the Lord, you're getting something that's actually good. What is that? The return to God. And therefore, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, and now Moshe, bring yourself close. Bring your essence close. How? Appoint Aharon. That's painful. Wow, I have to give up this great 
It's, it's, it's like a korban. It's like a sacrifice. Yes, make the ultimate sacrifice. But the ultimate sacrifice, as painful and as agonizing as it is, to give up that spiritual gift, that treasure, but ultimately it'll bring you to a closer place. And it's, at the end of the day, the Yisurin accomplished that, not only in this situation of Moshe Rabbeinu, but the Gemara is saying to everybody. It's a, it's a phenomenal way of now looking at hardships that unfortunately people go through that people say, what did I have to go through this for? What's the purpose? What's the function? But if they would only know, and you see it a lot of times that sometimes people, a lot of times people go through Yisurin and it brings them closer to Hashem. Uh, you see them, you know, starting to become a little more observant. They start to become a little more, you know, uh, spiritual. What brought them? So there's now understanding the mechanics of this. Because as the Neshama returns closer to the light, it'll have a direct uh, result on the physical. The physical is sometimes reacts as a result of the position of the Neshama. And Yisurin is a driver that brings the Neshama back to its ultimate shoulder. So again, two beautiful Shatim from the Oriyah Either Hakrev is sacrifice yourself and do it willingly like a Korban has to be done, and it's Elecha, it's for your benefit, because you need this kapara. You lost the kehuna because of a misdeed. The second explanation is bring yourself closer, return your neshama to its original position. And for us, we're able to apply it, says the Rav, to you know, the ups and downs and the hiccups and the, the bumps in the road in life. Although nobody asks for it, but there's definitely a positive result. Something good was received. Kirvat Shabbat Shalom.